This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Dine Local SD, serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Hi, this is Andy Bauman of Valley High Restaurant and Tom Ham's Lighthouse. Inviting you to join us for San Diego Restaurant Week between January 21st and January 28th, where you can enjoy lunch for $15 and dinner for either $30 at the Bally High or $40 at Tom Ham's Lighthouse. Hi, welcome to the Dine Local SD Podcast. This is episode number 39. I am here with Trish Watlington. Welcome. Hi, Kat. Hi. Um, Trish, you are a passionate advocate for sustainable and fair food systems and educating the community about supporting local farmers. That pretty much sums it up. I love it. I know we were like, how do we introduce someone as dynamic as Trish? And then we found that. We're like, that sums it up. (laughs) So welcome. We're super excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Really excited to be here. Thanks. How how's your day going? My day has been great. I yeah. have been in the garden since seven o'clock this morning. Awesome. And your garden is at your house, right? So lucky. I just roll out of bed and try and remember to get out of my pajamas. And nice. Out into the garden. So perfect. How many acres is it or how expansive is it? The garden itself is about a half an acre. Okay. And cool. then, you know, there's about another acre around it in yeah. various pieces of property. Awesome. And I saw that this morning you had this giant, gorgeous purple cauliflower. Oh, so excited. We have been fighting a war with vermin, um, mostly rabbits, but I know yeah. there are rats out there too. And yeah. we, we've jumped through all sorts of crazy hoops to try and protect the plants from them. And yay, we're winning. Yay. <laughs> awesome. And so... Something that I have always found um, really admirable about you and the Red Door Garden, oh yeah, P.S., Trish also currently owns the Red Door in Mission Hills, um, is that you really walk the talk. So when you say, you know, you want food to be grown and then used in your restaurant, you're like, well, I'm just going to start doing this at my house and uh, we're going to take that food and we're going to design a menu that centers around what we are actually growing so how, like, and this might seem like a really weird question, but, like, what motivated you to really just, like, go all in on that? <laughs> well, there's a backstory. I don't know how okay. much backstory you want, but I grew up in a farming community. So I had I had a few things happen to me as a teenager, and farming kind of grounded me to mm-hmm. the, the earth. My closest friend had a 500-acre farm. And we spent a lot of time on her farm, and I spent a lot of time doing things like chasing pigs through cornfields in the middle of the night and, you know, assisting when some horse had jumped through the fence and had to be sewn up and wow. bailing hay in the middle of the summer. And so that those experiences really grounded me to farming communities and, mm-hmm. and farmers in general and farmers as community. Yeah. And so I, when I finally grew up and got married, my husband and I bought a 32-acre piece of property, and we had sheep, and we had a big garden and we gardened organically and it was the eighties. So it was really early for organic gardening, but you know, and so we've always kind of had that mindset. And once we got in the restaurant industry, we really felt like if we were going to stay in the industry, we wanted to live by our values. Sure. I love that. And so 
um, I love the visual of like you and your husband having like sheep and, <laughs> and so um, I've takes the husband. romance right out of farming no. though, oh. when you learn that that ewes only give birth on the coldest day of the year. Oh man, <laughs> um, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. So, what made you or what inspired you to join the restaurant industry from the farming community? Um, our son was in the industry and we were looking at a fam- possibility of a family business and I grew up in an Italian family so it's all about the food and the hospitality yeah. and so you know kind of came naturally awesome I love that um and so have you found and um like one of the things that we talk about here at specialty produce or in in chef circles is you know, the idea of designing a seasonal menu and um, the consumer buying into true seasonality. Right. And and the example that I always share is like when I had Bobo and when I had the Brussels sprouts at Bobo, like there was no way we could take those off. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remember when um, Cucina Urbana took Brussels sprouts off their menu because of seasonality and Chef Mike at the time was like, people are like revolting against us. <laughs> right. And so um, I'm just curious what your take is as a farmer and as a restaurant owner and as someone who is really in tune and in touch with, um, you know, food enthusiasts and culinarians, uh, how, what your thoughts are on that? It has been a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a straight up challenge. Last year, we went so far as to not have Brussels sprouts at all mm-hmm. because there are very few farms that grow them in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And so we made the decision we were going to put cauliflower on the menu instead of Brussels sprouts because we couldn't get them locally. Yeah, And it's a lot about educating. It's about educating your team mm-hmm. and then having them really believe what you believe and then having them educate your the public and educate your guests. And, right. and I think over the years we've de- developed enough of a reputation that people – come to the restaurant because that's what they want. Sure. So I don't think they're as offended by it as they would be if they were expecting just a certain thing on the menu all the time. Mm-hmm. However, that said, um, we have had people walk out when we tried to get rid of the banana cream pie. Oh. So, And that's not local or sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And so that's the one we really gave up on. We're like, yeah. fine, we'll just leave it on the menu. <laughs> sure. It's just bananas, right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so – and I, I've talked about this with um, our friend Tommy at Catalina Offshore too about, you know, one of his – I don't know about slogan, but one of the things that he says is always like, I don't want the menu. I want the chalkboard. Like I just want to be like your rotating fish of the day, catch of the day special. Right. Because – even seafood is can be seasonable. Seafood is seasonal. Yeah, and, and seafood is all about what the fishermen bring in on any given day. And you know, I don't, I don't want to order in fish from China. I right. want, I want to get whatever the San Diego fishermen are bringing in. So mm-hmm. yeah, we don't actually have a fish on our menu. It just says catch of the day. Yeah, cool. And so, I mean, I know you just said education, but you know, what are what are some ideas or as far as educating um, or really kind of. How can we as a food community sort of shift that perspective with the public as to like, I think for some people, it might be easy for them to understand. Like my my mom started buying organic eggs finally, you know, and free range (laughs) eggs. And it was like, I remember being like, wow, times are a change, you know, because like mom finally like bought into organic and free range eggs. Um, And so like, and I think the same thing with chicken, right? Like my roommate will you know, was vegetarian. And now for nutritional reasons, she wants some more protein, but she only buys, you know, 
organic, organic free range, happy chickens, you know? <laughs> right. And, um, and, uh, hi, Marguerite. <laughs> um, I love her. Me too. <laughs> so, you know, how do we get people to see even vegetables or produce as kind of that same sort of like happy vegetables, you right. know, like how, what's the shift or what's the education piece or, or what do you think it's going to take as a community to really kind of understand the importance of organic or local or sustainable options? That's a good one. I mean, people have been working on that since the eighties and it's, it's, there's been progress. Yeah. I mean, the organic industry is much bigger. Um, for me, it's not, even so much about organic or, well, it's sustainability, but about about local, about knowing the person that you mm, buy your produce knowing from. Knowing your source. So knowing how the farmer treats his employees and how right. the farmer or her employees and how the farmer um, treats the animals and whether that animal, as crazy as it sounds, had a happy life until it didn't. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I really like that because uh, I think that people connect to – like the emotional standpoint behind a story. So when they think like happy chickens, right? Like that's easy. And then when they think vegetables, they don't realize that there's a whole team of farmers and agriculture workers right. that need to be happy too. Exactly. So I really like that that angle. That's a really good point. And I do think it's the emotionality that is a piece of it. I, I, th- I mean, there are commodity organic farmers too, mm-hmm. and you can buy commodity organic produce. Right. Um that isn't our first choice because sure. we really want to know who we're buying from. And and for me personally, that's not my first choice either because I'd like to know who I'm buying of from. Of course. Yeah. So so for me it's about the story. It's about the backstory. Yeah. And I think I think whether it's selling your restaurant mm-hmm. or selling anything else, it's about the story. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like that answer. Thanks, yeah. Trish. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're kind of good at this podcasting. Um, and so I remember I was on a, a We're panel. on a podcast? I, that's what they told me. They were like, we got the studio thing. I was like, cool. Let me invite my friend Trish. All right. Um, and so I remember I was on a p- panel one time with um, Chef Matt Gordon of Urban Solace. I love him. Yeah, so good. And Carl Schroeder from uh, Artera Market. Bankers, Market, Bankers Hill. Yeah, all of them. Um, and we, this was a few years ago at the LA Food, one of the LA Food Shows. Um, we were talking about, you know, having, when, and I know that there's a lot of buzz about this in the community, especially right now. I saw on Facebook some discussion about it, but when people, or no, not people, when restaurants market themselves as farm to table <laughs> or, you know. Um, and I remember Matt Gordon's answer was, and we had him on here and he had some really cool insight because he was also kind of on on the front end of this whole farm to table movement right. um, with uh, Urban Solace when they first opened over 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, Matt made this comment where he was like, I would love to purchase everything in our restaurant from within a 50 mile radius. But, you know, there are some things and I think grains or like flour, I think flour was one of them. Absolutely. And so what if, if there's people out there, consumers out there, um, you know, if, if they're wanting to really support local as much as they can or, or be more sustainable, um, what are some of your like tips for how people can incorporate this in their life? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Awesome, cool. <laughs> okay. So, um, my new favorite place, as much as I love Catalina Offshore, and don't get me wrong, I 
they're amazing and they do amazing work. And absolutely to get quantity fish on a regular basis that we can trace the source of, mm-hmm. love them. They are wonderful. But I also love the Tuna Harbor Dark si- cool. Dockside Market. Yeah. So Saturday morning, you're looking for something to do, go down there and visit all the local fishermen. Our That's local funny. fishing community has really reduced in size mm. tremendously. Um, same thing with farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shop your local farmer's market and and buy from one of the local farmers that we have. We have more small farms than any other county in the country. That's amazing. Now, a lot of them grow flowers. I will admit yeah, that. Sure. But, but we've lost a thousand in the last five years. Wow. So we have to support them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of our community economy. Yeah. Um, and also then what I did last year was banded together a bunch of restaurants and started something called Farm to Fork San Diego. Nice. So we have a website and – if you go on our website, you can find restaurants that are actually buying from verified buying from local farmers because cool. we talk to the farmers yeah. and we find out they're buying from them. Now, that is not to say that they're buying every single thing in the right. restaurant from a farmer um, that's local because it's almost not possible. I mean, right. Matt's point is well taken. We don't have enough grass in San Diego mm-hmm. to buy grass-fed beef here. Right. We don't have enough produce, in fact, to feed every single restaurant in mm-hmm. the county. But we can all make an effort. Yeah. So so if once a week you go to the farmer's market instead of going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and when you choose to eat out, you choose some at least sometimes to eat out at restaurants that are actually buying a portion of their produce yeah. from local farmers who have a regular relationship with a farmer, right. then then you're doing something. You're, commu- you're contributing to your community. Absolutely. That's great. I... Um uh, since I started working at Tribute Pizza, uh-huh. um, every Thursday is the North Park Farmers Market. I've seen you there a few times. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> and um, it's it's cool to see that relationship at the market, and also simultaneously because I obviously I work at Specialty Produce also, mm-hmm. and I was on the Farmers Market truck where you know our team members go up to the Santa Monica Farmers Market, and they have all the relationships with the farmers up there, and then we bring it back down here and stock an entire one of our coolers with their stuff. Sure. And to hear about that relationship. So that the specialty farmer's market program is like, I hear about it. I'm like, that sounds really cool. But then also to get the experience of, you know, every Thursday, um, Rodney saves us cherry tomatoes. Rodney Kwan. He's just the sweetest. (laughs) He's just the nicest. Um, You know, we just started buying cauliflower from him. And at the, for a tribute, I pizza. actually had his cauliflower for lunch on, before I came nice. here today. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so you know we invited. We're like, come on in for dinner. You know, just when you're finished. And so Matt made him this cauliflower dish using his cauliflower. And Matt's story is, I wasn't there, but he goes, Rodney just looked at it, and he goes, and I had this revelation. Rodney doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> and I'm like, what did he get? And he goes, he ordered a pepperoni pizza, and that's all he wanted. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you can't live all. But um, but it's cool to see all these relationships develop. And, you know, Joe here, who's um, one of our farmer's market representatives, if I have a question about something in our cooler, I text Joe and I say, hey, Joe, you know, what is this item that we – because we have a lot of rare stuff in there. Sure. It's Joe, you know, what is this rum berry and where did you get it from? And Joe just sends a text to the farmer and he goes, oh, here it is and here's the fact about it. That's and, amazing. And it's so cool because it's that emotional connection, right? right? Where you're like, wow, like that's really awesome. And it's the same thing, you know, <clears throat> at farmer's markets where 
if Rodney says these strawberries are $4 a pint and you know that we're handing them over that check and that goes right to Rodney and he can use it for his farm. Right. Or his kids or his whatever. Or anything. Yeah. Um, And I know that one of the coolest things that isn't publicized much about the farmer's market program here is that um, we pay the farmers whatever they ask for and we pay them in cash. I did not know that. Which is so so cool, cool, right? Because it's like... We're we're here to support the farmers at the core of it, which is just like what it's all about. Right? That's really fantastic. Yeah, and, and I mean, what we can't get from local farmers, mm-hmm. we get from specialty produce. Yeah, so we appreciate it. <laughs> no, and and you know what's um, not to sound like a suck up, but specialty is really generous with the whole community. Yeah. So um, I'm on the board at Olivewood Gardens. They've oh, been our yeah. staunchest supporters. I'm on the board of the Bear Good Food Foundation. You're on a lot of boards. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's whole passionate advocate. For yes, there, there it is. Thing. I like it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, like attracts like, you know, like we, I'm, I don't mean to speak for the whole company, but, you know, like we like to support people and causes that we believe in. And it's it's all about being a part of the bigger food community in this and, town. And yes. And especially in the Harringtons have been amazing for that. They're, they're a fun bunch. For yeah. sure. <laughs> so um, switching gears a little bit, I read that – how long has the Red Door been open? Um, summer of 2009. So okay. we actually – the wow. beginning of March will be the nine years since we signed the contract. Wow. And I – read that after almost nine years you have decided to sell we have yeah um and you know it's bittersweet yeah we have a great community of of guests who are now our friends and our family and you know we we hate to move on from that yeah but we've all we're all moving to different places in our lives and, Mm -hmm. and you know justin has a grand or Justin has a daughter now who's my granddaughter. Oh. I want more time to play with her. Yeah, of course. We have a new grandbaby in our family too. My oh. mom's like in heaven. You know, she's just like Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just want to hang out with Sterling and show her how to dig in the garden. So yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, my thing. that's great. Um and so we're we're happy we've sold the restaurant to um a chef who moved here twenty years ago from Italy and now he's I mean he's been in San Diego, I don't know. He's been in the country 20 years. He's been in San Diego quite a few years. And then he's bringing two of his partners over from Italy. Fantastic. Um, But the thing that really caught our hearts about him, he's a tremendously nice guy, is that he talked about how he grew up in Italy in a community where what you ate was what you could get regionally. Mm -hmm. And the traceability of his food is really important to him. So we feel like he's not going to just take it and – and pull up the Cisco truck. You know, sure. He's, he's going to – no offense to Cisco, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that he's he's going to to keep the restaurant in a vein that we feel like will continue a lot of what we were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really continuing the legacy of the Red Door, right? Exactly. And <laughs> and he's actually buying the Red Door. So cool. he's buying the name and, oh, and that's great. you know, the, the business. So. Yeah. Um, he's just not going to buy the furniture and then sure. flip it on its head. Right, right. And so um, my question, one of my questions is, um, what what will you do with your garden? Are you still going to be, is it just all for the family now? Or, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of cauliflower. Yeah, it's a lot of cauliflower. <laughs> we can't possibly eat all that. No, actually, I went to a training at Wild Willow oh, yeah. last week on Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. um, to learn about food safety and marketing and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, and then I'm going to get... Um, I can get certified as a 
community food producer. Oh. And with that certification, which is not too difficult to get, yeah. um, I will be able to sell to local chefs. Awesome. So I have a hand. I mean, obviously, with Farm to Fork Week and being sure. in the business, I have a, a relationship with a few local chefs. And mm-hmm. we have talked about, um, you know, growing things that they really want to have in their restaurants. Very and, cool. Yeah. yeah, great. So it's all it all works out. Yeah, I don't want to give that part up. I no. really love growing stuff. So yeah, good. What's your if you had like recommendations for what's the easiest thing for people to grow and not mess up? Cherry tomatoes. Okay, super easy in the summertime. Okay, and any kind of squash, zucchini. Cool. My favorite, trombancino. Oh, is that the big one? It's a big, long. Um, what ultimately is a winter squash. Okay, but. If you harvest it green, yeah. it's like the best of everything zucchini without any of the worst. It's like nice. not watery, not bitter, yeah. not it's it's just and sweeter. So. Cool. All right. Yeah, it's the perfect squash. I'm into it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um so if you could like how old is your granddaughter? She just turned 1. Oh wow. Fun. So I just want to hear in the like a perfect day of Trisha's world, like on a Saturday. <laughs> like, oh my what, gosh. And let's imagine that your granddaughter was a few years older, so she could like walk and maybe talk or something. <laughs> what What would your Saturday be like? What would our Saturday be like? Yeah. Um, if we had the whole Saturday? Yeah. The prob- whole thing. Probably um, start at the Tuna Harbor Dockside Market because okay. I would want to take her down there and yeah. see. The- is it like, I've actually never and... been, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I've never been. Is it like they're throwing fish like <laughs> at pikes or? <laughs> not, not quite. Like it, okay. it's, it's set up so there are um, pop-up tents like a farmer's market. Okay. And except that they have fish in them. Mm-hmm. And each of the fishermen or their families are there to talk about what they caught. And um, it's a really diverse international community that cool. shops there. So that's, that's I found that really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, all sorts of, and then at the very end is lowfin fish, mm. which are the um, the uh, Fukushima's Kelly and okay. his wife Jolene. Yeah, I've met them. And they're they're boys, yep. and they have the best fish tacos ever Ooh. because like he catches the fish and cooks them. Awesome. So, um, and they actually are going to be our fishermen for the, our very last farmers friends and fishermen oh, dinner. Very cool. Which is Sunday. Nice. Great. (laughs) I'll get that plug in while I have a chance. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. So you would start at the tuna dockside market. Right. And we would go around and we would find something for dinner. Yeah. And then um, probably some time spent at the barn because I have a horse. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, that would be my other perfect day is if I got to like ride my horse all day long. Very cool. So when she's older and I can take her up there, well, you know, she can ride on the pony. I can ride on my horse. Well. We'll we'll do that. We'll play and then um, a little lunch and maybe a little nap because yeah, Grandma are, likes a little nap. Naps too. are good. Don't <laughs> underestimate the power of the nap. Absolutely. And <laughs> then and then some gardening, playtime in the garden. Yeah. And we have a swing and a hammock. Oh and, yeah. You know, just hang out. Cool. Is there is there a chef, a family chef? that you, the husband? That's me. Yeah. Definitely the family cool. chef. <laughs> Without a doubt. Definitely <laughs> Chef Trish. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing a little bit about your very um, interesting and impressive and loving life. It's just, it sounds like you you have such an awesome community in and around your family. I I have been really blessed getting to know the San Diego food community. Mm -hmm. There are some amazing people 
who are doing really compassionate work. I mean, when I yeah. when I threw that word out, I there, really liked when you said that word. Actually, I meant yeah, to touch on that because um, what I am what I've seen among the chefs in the community are is a lot of collaboration mm-hmm. and a lot of heart. Yeah, and I think I totally agree with that. And I think that um, seeing community leaders like you and the Harringtons and Olive Wood, it's like I remember Olive Wood asked me to do a, a class with Tommy a few months ago, and it was just the worst time for me. You know, it was just like <laughs> right smack in the middle of a week that was like, oh, this is going to hurt. And it was like, I can't say no to them, and I don't want to. And I'm and we're so grateful yeah. <laughs> to say. You've been a supporter of Olive Wood for long, years and years long time, before yeah. me. Yeah, well, you know, it's like they, they reached out to me – Many, many years ago. And once you step on that property, it's hard not to fall in love. It's true. And it's just um, the work that they do there and the families that are there. Like, it's one of the, like I said, like, I can't say no, but I also don't want to. <laughs> like, I will hurt this week because I know that it's such a cause that is worth it, you know. Well, um, thank you. And I hope you felt out. El- uplifted after you were done. I did. Yeah, I always do, you know, and and it's cool when you start to see like the repeats and, you know, I'm Facebook friends with some of the kitchenistas now (laughs) and it's just, it's such a cool program, but. um, Well, and that's true. I mean, Catalina Offshore too, you talked about the Americans. I mean, Tommy's been a leader in the food community as well. Yeah, massively helpful and so um, educational and I mean, he's opened my eyes. I, you know, on Facebook memories, how it has like, you know, this day, nine years ago, whatever, <laughs> this photo of um, me at Catalina before the remodel, I have like a hairnet on and I'm holding this giant lobster. And I remember that was maybe like my second time there, you know, and I remember really like being new to being an executive chef and just going like learning about Tommy and then going and being like, hey, how do I cook this? You know, like <laughs> exactly. really like any you know, to have those resources or like Bob here where it's like, Hey, I'm interested in learning about this. Where do I start? And to know that you're going to be met with compassion and resources is just so helpful. It is. It's been great. It's been great for chefs. It's been great for restaurant owners and, and it's been great for people like the kitchenistas Mm -hmm. and other, other members of the community that want to get more involved. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, guys, Thank you so much for following us along. To explore more about the San Diego food scene, head on over to DineLocalSD.com where we highlight restaurant menus and ongoing specials. And remember to stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook at DineLocalSD to hear about our upcoming podcast guests and awesome giveaways. We are going to mention a contest um, in the comment section of this live podcast. Um, So... Pay attention. Don't miss out. It's going to be an awesome contest. Thank you so much, Tris. It it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Kat. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Bye. Bye. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and give us a rating on iTunes. Thank you.